This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Logged On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at McGinnisCoreCanuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating and a review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. The Maple Leafs have officially clinched a playoff spot with a 4-1 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Let's go, boys. To join me to chat about it, to get super psyched about tonight's big win, is none other than my main man, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Dave, what's going on, buddy? How did you like that one? It's You know what? It's watching the way the Leafs played this season, figures that that's the way that they would clinch the spot because in past years it seems like they were – almost like gasping to clinch that final playoff spot. And they almost did it at ease this time around. So I feel, feel relieved that we were just kind of waiting for when that would eventually become a possibility with the Canucks losing to the Senators. It's like, okay, this is like, this is it. You felt like the Leafs knew that this was their, their game. They had to win to get that playoff spot. So the nerves are, you know, it's easy when the nerves get calmed with it, with a performance like that. And I think that's, that's also like an testament to kind of how much more mature this team is. Like they, they knew that they had a goal that they had to accomplish tonight. Once the, the puck dropped, they knew they went in regulation. They clinch a playoff spot. They knew that the Canucks were already, I don't know if they were, it was over or if it was already six, three and like basically over, but they knew if they won that game in regulation, they were going to clinch a playoff spot. And what did they do? They started out the game like gangbusters, had a couple of really quick goals um, and took an early two-goal lead and then really just kind of coasted from there and played their game. They just kind of shut things down. They didn't allow Montreal to muster up any type of offense. I didn't feel like there was no threat in that game for Montreal, and I get it. They were missing a lot of guys. You Now you've got Drew who's going to be out for a bit. Uh, Tatar wasn't in there. Cole Caulfield I didn't think was, like, overly scary, you know. So I, it's just I, – I look at this now, and the fact that the Leafs have got themselves into the playoffs, probably going to end up winning the division, and this is probably, like, a primer of what it's going to be like in round one. And if that's the case – you look at what the Leafs have done to the Habs basically all season long. I think you were telling me about this before we got on, but this is the first time that the Maple Leafs have beaten the Habs five times in a season since uh, 1967. Do you know something else that happened that year, Dave? Mm, can't can't really recall. I don't know. It hasn't I, been brought up like a million times throughout my 10 years of Leafs fan. I feel like something happened the year 1967 that makes – some sort of significance, which, oh, right. That was the last time they won the Stanley Cup. Is this, uh, are we foreshadowing a little bit? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But it, it is a really good sign knowing that, uh, you know, this year, the way the playoffs are set up, it, it's looking like with a couple of weeks ago in the regular season, 
this is going to be the first round matchup Leafs versus Montreal. And if they play the way that they did tonight, and if Montreal doesn't get their act together, I think the Leafs surely are going to finally win a playoff series because the way that they played tonight, if they do that in a seven game series, no doubt in my mind, this team will be successful. Yeah. And it's funny because we think about the like the difference of the season with the, the all Canadian division. It gives you kind of that original six feel where teams get very familiar with each other throughout the year. There's like, I mean, the Leafs have played the Canucks how many times this season? They already have, I think, three more games left against them. Like, it's like, this is going to be, this is, I think, going to be a huge difference maker for the Leafs because they know what to expect from the the Canadians, right? And, I mean, it's almost guaranteed that the two are going to make, they'll play each other in the playoffs. So, these are the games where I think the Leafs just know that if they stick to the script of how they're supposed to play, they have the talent. They have the better roster, you know. And let's not forget the the Canadians going into this game. Some people were wondering whether they were going to make the playoffs after the the Flames gave them a little bit of a scare. You know, they get that win over Calgary that kind of eased a bit of the tension there. But Carey Price is injured. We just you talked about Jonathan Duran, who looks like he's done for the rest of the regular season. We don't even know what the playoffs are going to look like for him. Like that's a massive lost to a Canadian team that already has such a problem scoring. You're putting a lot of pressure on Cole Caulfield and the Leafs are just like, we got, we're, we're dialed in right now. I mean, the, the, the we discussed last week about after the Canucks uh, two game series and if there was any concern, but I, I look at how they responded against the Jets and against the Habs tonight. And I'm, there's no concern. There's, there's no concern right now. Me either. And I think a big part of that, uh, like that that change in what the Leafs have done in the last week, let's say, compared to what they did when they played the the Canucks coming out of their 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 uh, COVID stoppage there, is like you look at this this team as a whole, but like Joe Thornton specifically, old man Joe really turned it on and he like flipped the switch, and the way that he's got that fourth line playing right now, the way that the team is kind of rallying around him, I think is is special. And you can really tell how much um, he wants it. Like, I think, like, Jumbo came to Toronto to win a cup. And as you get, we get down to the the final games here in the regular season, you could tell that this dude has flipped the switch and it's time for him to get this team going, to, to get ready for the playoffs, which is only a, a couple of weeks away at this point. And I think tonight was a statement win to the Habs where they said, hey, odds are we're going to be playing you in the playoffs. This is what it's going to be like. We're going to make it tough to play against you. You're not going to get many chances to score. You can take some some powder puff shots, sure, all you want. I mean, they ended up with 33 shots. Like that's that's quite a bit, you know. Like they got some rubber through to Campbell, but not much of the high danger variety. There wasn't many grade A chances that they had. And and Jack Campbell, you know, he made the staves that he had to make. Had a couple of nice ones, but he wasn't, you know, overly tested that much. And I think that it's just a complete buy-in that the Leafs have right now. And I think it honestly all starts with Jumbo. As funny as it is, a guy who's only playing like 11, 12 minutes a game. Bless you. (laughs) A guy who's only playing 11, 12 minutes a game right now is kind of like the catalyst for this team. Yeah. I mean, I I look back to that, that game against Winnipeg where he had such a gripe with Nick Ehlers 
and it's it's the emotional investment it's something that this Leafs team has been criticized about you know yeah sure it's you know a team cares you you send you would hope that a team would care about wanting to be you know about wanting to win a cup you you feel there would be some emotion when they lose or when things don't go their way i think though seeing jumbo show that emotion someone that's so respected it lets this leafs team know that hey show a little bit of your human side show that you care show that you really want it and after going through that that stretch where the Leafs were called a dirty team, Jumbo goes out and he just is on top of Euler's the entire game. You know, it it just shows that this Leafs team is starting to build that character that a lot of people felt they were lacking to become a real true contender. And it's it's finally showing the importance of having veteran guys like a Joe Thornton, Jason Spets. Uh, I mean, you list off all the guys they brought in, they all bring that element. And you're starting to see a, you know, a more consistent style of play because these guys are charged emotionally to have that nice blend with the talented players that are already on the team. Yeah, and like the, the, this fourth line as a whole really um, played, played extremely well. Uh, tonight, once again, on the ice for a couple of goals, Brooks able to score. Well, it was kind of an easy tap-in bank goal, but regardless, I just I, I love what type of offense that that fourth line has been giving this team as of late. Jason Spezza, the, what he's been able to do as well is just absolutely incredible. I, I saw a st- he like leads the NHL in points per 60. The guy played less than 10 minutes tonight. Less than 10 minutes and still had two points. Still was able to be productive and set up a couple of goals. And, like, the way that he is playing with Thornton, it's it's honestly really nice to see a fourth line like that. And it gets me excited for in the playoffs when you're going to have to roll, you know, pretty pretty deep lineup. And kind of goes to my next point where um, in earlier today when I put out the pregame show, one of my – things that I was looking towards tonight was to see how Sheldon Keith managed the bench and how he managed the lineup and the roster. Cause I felt that over the last few games, um, you know, Sandine has been getting a lot of praise uh, for the, his strong play and, and don't get me wrong. He, he's played great, but he has been playing a lot. You know what I mean? Like he really was only playing like 12, 13 minutes. He's being sheltered a little bit tonight. They took the kitty gloves off ended up playing 18 minutes uh, tonight, got some power play time as well. Um, and, and I thought that Sandine also had himself a pretty good game. And in the first game where he was really tested with some decent minutes. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Dubas made it a point to say that these guys were going to get an opportunity between now and the end of the season. There's, there's good things to have come with veteran, a veteran presence. But I even feel that a the youthful energy from a guy like, as we're seeing with Adam Brooks and and Rasmus Sandin, is sort of what they were expecting. Nick Robert, like, well, Nick Robertson did bring it a little bit last year when he made the team. Like, these guys are out to prove something. You know, the the team is telling them, look, we're going to give you this opportunity. We're going to give you the power play time, Adam Brooks. We're going to play you with. Two guys that, you know, combined uh, career games is well over 2,000, right? So they're telling these guys, we're, gonna, we're not just going to play. We're going to give you a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of rope here. 
Sheldon Keefe has, is, has shown a little bit of favoritism towards some of his Marley's guys in the past. We're seeing it a lot, you know, now, uh, you know, Brooks, Sandine, he tried it with Engvall, but a, there's a bit of the doghouse going on there. He, he you know, he, I think he really instills the confidence in these guys and saying, hey, you do this, I'm going to give you, yeah, but give you the opportunity. But it's on them to perform. Exactly. They are, right? Like, like you said, when it comes to Engvall, it's a little bit different, different of a story. Well, that's because he's not performing. And if you perform, you'll stay in the lineup. And that's what these guys have done. Like, Sandine's played great. He's staying in the lineup. Dermot has played pretty well as well. Like, that, those two as a pairing, they play good. They're yeah. staying in the lineup. Adam Brooks, I don't even know. Like, I don't know how you take this guy out of the lineup. I there don't. was a, a conversation now needs to be had about whether or not, like, do you replace him with Riley Nash once he gets to the playoffs? Like, that was kind of always a thought. Riley Nash was acquired so that in the playoffs, you have a, a solid fourth-line center that you can put out there who can kill penalties and win face-offs. And now you look at the way that Adam Brooks is playing. It's like, do you really want to ruin that chemistry? They're playing phenomenally. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I felt like the Riley Nash – I mean, it, the situation totally changed between when they acquired him because Pierre Engvall was the fourth-line center, and he was struggling defensively, which – that was a big problem for them. And now we're seeing Adam Brooks, you know, a guy that was an overager pick. Some people thought, ah, overagers generally don't really work out. And, I mean, if you're getting this type of value out of a guy who's contributing every day, sometimes there's a, there's a bit of, a, of an adrenaline rush when they first get in the lineup. So he'll, he'll get – he should get, I should say, from now until the end of the season to really show that it's not a three-, four-game spell – Let's see if he can do it for a good stretch of time. And you mean, look, Zach Hyman's going to come back. Someone's got to come out for him. Riley Nash, I get the defensive part of it, but if, you know, he he's brought in, I think, a little more for insurance. And if you need that defensive style of play, they could try to get him in and maybe spell someone else a night off. It, it's totally possible. But if you're looking to take someone out, I mean, Adam Brooks isn't the guy right now. It could happen if Sheldon Key feels he needs to go with something a little different, but you don't want to mess with the winning lineup right now. The only, only way you mess with it is if Zach Hyman comes in and somebody else comes out. Well, like they say, depth is a, a good problem to have. So I'm sure Sheldon Keefe isn't upset that he's gonna that he has to make these difficult decisions. Um, two more things before we take a break and get to our three stars of the game. Um, first and foremost, the power play. That was a, a real nice power play goal that they scored to, to kind of open up the game there. The way that they were moving the puck around, um, you know, I, it was – clearly has been a focal point of this team for the better part of about a month and a half, maybe even two months since this, this power play has really gone in the gutter. And the way that they were moving that puck around with so much confidence today and really got it moving. They, they, they got the, the, they broke down the Canadians defense and then were able to get pucks into the middle, into the, the high date, into the slot. And Nylander was able to put it in the back of the net. I think when you look at over the last couple of days, the fact that they didn't have games, it really gave them a chance to work on that power play. And you could see that tonight that there was a little, just, just a little different, right? It looked different. It wasn't the same predictable power play that we had seen in the past. 
and and look at where they scored that goal. It's literally right, right in right up front. And yeah. you can, there's only so many times you can expect to score from the side of the net, you know, from a point shot. There's only so many players that can do it dangerously on a consistent level. Austin Matthews is one of those players, but we also know he's dealing with a wrist injury. John Tavares, he's capable of shooting it from there, but that's not really where he likes to shoot it all the time. You know, there was a power play later in the game where they were just feeding Tavares in the slot, and he had three chances to score. One went off the post. Two of them Jake Allen had to make a half-decent save on. It's it's not, you know, they, they're getting the opportunities, but it's where are the shots coming from? What, where's the quality of shots? They're getting shots on that, but where, where are they getting them from? So I think when you see how this team is finally, you know, they get that goal. They get that power play goal to start the game, and the mood of the game changes for them. They yeah. know, like, we just got a power play goal. This doesn't happen for us. Now we really <laughs> just have to – this doesn't happen too often. We got we to gotta really push it forward. Well, look so, what happens. When you score a power play goal, you score much early, easier it you is. take a lead, you get the momentum your way early on, and then you get another goal from Austin Matthews, which – Dude, the hand-eye on this guy. He finds oh, oh, ways oh, oh, oh. to wow me every single night. Knocking that puck down, and then with the like the, just the quick release, I don't mean, that puck didn't even hit the ice, and he was already had it cocked back and fires it into the back of the net for his 35th of the year, league-leading 35th of the year. Um, this dude just on a nightly basis wows me and surprises me. Uh, his line mate, though, Nick Felino getting an assist on that goal. He was the one who kind of put it up in the air, I guess, for Felino. Um, your thoughts on his game after having a couple of practices to to kind of acquaint himself with his new team? I think it's undeniable the chemistry that him and Austin Matthews have. Like you, you forget that the two of them played together at the World Championships for the U.S. Like, right? You know, he. It, we, we hear so many reasons why Nick Felino was a good addition and we're seeing it, right? You know, he's not going to be the flashy guy that's going to score a lot of points. He's going to, he's going to do the small things that, I mean, almost like what Zach Hyman does, but I think with a little more attitude and, you know, just, just brute honesty. Like he's just, he, he hits into guys. He's, you know, he's, throwing pucks into areas that maybe guys will try to hold on to. Like he's, he's, he's got a different way of going about it that I think that line needs. Somebody asked me today, like what, what happens when Zach Hyman comes back? But Hyman has shown that he can play with other players. I would keep that top line intact. It's working. It's, and it actually worked a little bit with Dallas Galchenyuk there at some point. So like, I think you can put Zach Hyman on a line that, that truly needs his, his you know footprint on it could be the Tavares line. It could even be the third line. It, it's it's incredible how much this you know it was a big move, but some maybe were like ah why didn't they get Taylor Hall? Taylor Hall's been good for the Bruins, but the Leafs didn't need a Taylor Hall. They it looked like they needed a Nick Foligno. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, he extends his point streak to three points in three games. So he's got. Uh, on the score sheet in each and every one of the games that he's played here for Toronto. You mentioned Alex Galchenyuk and how he was on the top line, then he moved back down to the second line. It's been a couple of games here where he's really kind of hit a wall. Uh, He came out today to the media and discussed how he felt uh, that 
you know, he got away from the fine details, specifically in the defensive end. I didn't particularly like his game tonight either. What were your thoughts on his quote unquote chance to respond to uh, after a, a tough series in Winnipeg? Look, the effort is there, no doubt about it, but there's times where you're just like, ah, he could have made a different, you know, it could have been a little bit better. The penalty he took, he took a high sticking penalty in his own end. Like that's, you don't want to do that. You don't want to put your team behind no. potentially on a play like that. I, you know, there's, he's, he's, you know, I, I haven't minded hit the way he's played, but at the same time, uh, you know, the effort's got to lead to something, you know, with Zach Hyman coming back, it looks like he would probably be the one coming out. He's, it's just the numbers game. It's just the way it is. Um, you know, he's, he's been balanced around to on so many lines. And when that happens, you kind of get the sense that the coach is either trying to get something going with them or the coach is just like, I got no idea how to get this player going. I'm just going to throw him with someone and hope it sticks. And I feel like that's what's happening with Galchenyuk. Well, I feel like Galchenyuk was working with that second line. And then when Hyman went down, they taught, well, even before Hyman went down, they, they, they were trying to get that second line producing. Although Galchenyuk looked good, that line wasn't scoring. So they kind of flipped those two. And it worked for a little bit with Galchenyuk, but then Hyman went down and then the trade occurs. And then they put Felino on the top line. He ends up moving back down to the second line. And, I mean, Tavares and Nylander have, have played well. They've been really good. They've had a good stretch um, over the last couple of weeks, I would say. Tavares, for sure, as well, too. And maybe they're hoping that Galchenyuk can just get back on that line and kind of refine that chemistry that they had before they started moving this lineup around. But uh, tonight tonight wasn't quite his best game since he's been in Toronto. I think that's uh, – that's probably the kindest way to to talk about his game. Yeah. I think he's got he's got more in him though, and and we'll see what ends up happening tomorrow night in Vancouver. Um, I I doubt we'll see him come off that line. You know, I probably get another opportunity, and hopefully he comes back uh, with a stronger effort tomorrow. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the three stars of the game, and then uh, we'll dive a little bit deeper into tomorrow's matchup, which. Technically, I guess, will be tonight's matchup for those because you're probably listening to this in the morning or throughout the day because it's almost midnight for us as we record this. But uh, here's a word from our show sponsors, and we'll be right back here on the Lockdown Lease Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano with you alongside me. I've got Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Dave, Maple Leafs, 4-1 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. They've officially clinched a playoff spot, the first playoff in the – or the first Canadian team to get a playoff uh, spot. Let's go through our three stars of the game, and I'll let you start with the third star. I'm going to go with uh, Jack Campbell. You know, he didn't have to do – I mean, he had he had to make a couple of tough saves, including on Armia on the breakaway. But after what happened to him against the Jets, you know, lot, you know, not even that long ago, two, two stinker performances up by his standard against the Jets and the Canucks, he needed, he needed a game like this where, yeah, it looked like for a while he was going to get a shutout, and then they get that one goal from Nick Suzuki where, eh – not the not the best goal to give up, but I mean, when you're stopping as many shots as <clears throat> sorry as he did, you know you don't mind 
a performance like that. That's that's the type of performance that's going to win you a game in the playoffs and you're going to need. And I, it's good for Campbell to at least start to build up after three pretty solid performances. This is what we expected from Jack Campbell, and I hope he can now develop a little bit of a rhythm. Yeah, I had him as my third star uh, as well. You know, stopped 32 to 33 pucks that he saw. Had a couple of nice saves, but – Ultimately, I think this is just a good sign for the Maple Leafs. You look at Jack Campbell, and he's back to his winning ways, and you can just tell that you know he's confident again. I think that's the biggest thing in Campbell's game. It's all between the ears. If that guy is confident, he's saving pucks. If he's a little shaky and rocky, that's when he gets to start to, to kind of you know he looks shaky and rocky when that happens, right? So yeah, exactly. you know, for Jack Campbell, if he can keep playing this way. Uh, kind of weather the storm, get to the playoffs, and uh, stay healthy. First and foremost, he needs to yeah. stay healthy. And then, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with Freddie Anderson. You know, there's that conversation that he wants to come back and get a couple of games in before the regular season ends, um, whether or not that happens or what they end up doing, and then whether or not if he comes in and performs well, who starts game one, Campbell or Anderson? We don't know, but if it's Campbell playing the way that he's playing right now, the way he played tonight in a 4-1 win over the Habs, you know, you're going to feel comfortable playing him against Montreal come game one, assuming that this is going to be the playoff matchup in round one. So, uh, yeah, that so roundabout way, Campbell, solid performance. He's my third star of the game. Uh, who's your second star? I mean, I was going to give it to Joe Thornton, um, but it's also tough to not give some credit to the guy who scored the goal so Joe Thornton could reach the milestone. But I'll go with just – I'll give Jumbo Joe the second start because 1,100 career assists, <laughs> not many hockey players can say they've done that before. That is uh, such a wild stat to me. When I saw that, I was like, 1,100 assists. Like, this dude has been around the game for a long time, and there's not a lot of people who who have accomplished that goal. I don't know if they said if they said – how many people have 1,100 assists, but I imagine is not a large group of people. And uh, Jumbo, just the longevity and how well he has played for how long he has played is just phenomenal. And, and you're right. He is definitely one of the stars of tonight's game. I had the fourth line as a whole as my second star just because I like the way that you know, I, I Spezza, you know, very good in the limited ice time that he had. Yet Adam Brooks scoring a goal, doing a lot of little things right. And as a whole, they're just the chemistry is really building with that fourth line. And I like what I saw in them again. So I want to give them some props. And uh, mine was just the fourth line as a unit. Yeah, seven players in NHL history have 1,100 career assists. Wow. There's not many who can get to 1,000 games or 1,000 points. So 1,100 career assists. Jumbo deserves a lot of respect to his name. Do you think he has a chance to catch Marlowe for games played? I don't think so. You know, if the problem is, is that he's on the Leafs right now. He's a third, fourth liner. Sure, I think Toronto would love to keep him around if he's still able to keep things going. But I don't even know how close they are. The thing is, is like, it's, it's depends on how long Marlowe will stay playing. Maybe this is the year he finally calls it because I think maybe this is something he wanted to accomplish. And, you know, the wheels have kind of fallen a little bit for Marlowe. So I don't think I – don't, and I don't think Thorne believes he can do it either. I mean, we've already 
maybe if we get back to an 82 game season and whether he can even play a full 82 game season, that's just, I think it's a lot of miles you're asking for Joe Thornton to go. He probably still feels like he can play a little bit more, but teams have also have to give him the opportunity to play a little bit more as well. Yeah, he is currently a hundred games. No. 98 because it probably hasn't updated today 98 games back on Patrick Marlowe so he would have to Marlowe would have to hang it up and Jumbo would have to return for two more seasons and play uh play a majority of of the next year and then a little bit of the year after that to uh to, to claim that record um all right who's your first star of the game it's gotta be Austin Matthews yep you you give it when a guy scores a goal like that I mean you said it to not only tip the puck out of the air, but the release. I mean, I didn't notice he took like you see how he took the shot. The, as you said, the puck barely got there and it was already off his stick. Yeah. How is a goalie supposed to stop that? It's they a, can't. Clearly, they can't because no, they can't. scored thirty-five times this year, which is far more than anyone else in the NHL. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, if it wasn't for the injury. This guy should have 50 this year, which is bonkers because we haven't seen anyone score at the pace he's scoring in a long in – a, in, a, in a while. I mean, we've seen guys get 60 goals. That's usually like the elite caliber in the NHL. But to do – he's going to get close. I don't know, depending on how close. I don't know if they're going to – we talked about would they consider giving him some games off, Be you know, once things have kind of calmed down for them. But – He's he, it's ridiculous. He tried it again later in the game where the puck was in the air, you know, at the proper height that he could try to tip it and get it on Jake Allen. Jake Allen's like, okay, you you did that to me once. You're not gonna do it to me again. And uh, yeah, there's there's no one that can score a goal like that. I haven't seen in the NHL. The he, the skill on this guy is ridiculous. So Austin Matthews, without a doubt, deserves the first star. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, 50, I think, is uh, that. Uh, that ship has sailed. Ship is sailed. He's got, there's seven games left for the Leafs. That would be quite the accomplishment if he could score another 15 goals over the next seven games. But, uh, hey, 40 is definitely within reach. You know, 40, that's another five goals in seven games. That's That's a weekend for Austin Matthews. You know, so it's it's definitely in reach, and you got a couple more games against Montreal too. He does like to score against the Habs. He does, he does. like to do that. I think there's a game against Ottawa as well later in the season. Scored a hat trick against them. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of goaltenders who are scared of Austin Matthews down the stretch. So, 50, a little bit out of range, but 40 in a 56 game season would still be absolutely incredible and hopefully everyone listened to me earlier this year when we were going through and talking about our overs and unders and, and I was given you know some information or some betting advice on betonline.ag when Austin Matthews I said bet the over on Matthews and bet Matthews to also win the rocket hopefully you did that on betonline.ag and uh, if you end up winning a bunch of money send it my way I want half I want half. No, well, just half. I would even. I would take thirty percent at that rate. I'm just kidding. The money's all yours, Leafs Nation. You're welcome. All I ask is you keep listening to the podcast. 
All right, um, let's chat a little bit about tomorrow night's game. So night one of the back-to-back in the books, Leafs win it 4-1 over Montreal. They booked themselves a spot in the playoffs. Tomorrow night now against Vancouver. Um, Vancouver also coming off of, of night one of a back-to-back, so both teams going to be rather tired. Toronto hopping into Berg, coming back to Toronto tonight uh, to host the Canucks. What are you expecting tomorrow to be like with two Tired teams who are kind of going in opposite directions as well. Yeah. I mean, everyone was talking about a potential last push for the Canucks to make the playoffs after the two wins against the Leafs, and then they lose three out of four against Ottawa. It doesn't really bode well. And uh, I, I did listen actually to what Travis Green had to say. He said that, you know, his team looked tired mentally and physically, which it's pretty brutal honesty coming from the coach there. And, you know, he also said, though, when you're tired, you should still try to find a way to win. You should still be able to find a way to win. Wow. You got to say yeah. that as the, the head coach of an yeah, NFL exactly. team, especially when I'm pretty sure he's got a deal coming up at the end of the year, too. Exactly. But, yeah, the, the thing with the Canucks, though, is I think those couple of games that they've won um, against Toronto last week was really just adrenaline just pure adrenaline. Um, The first game was just, let's go out. No one thinks we can win this game. Let's prove everyone wrong. And they kind of took that narrative and ran with it. And then the second night, everyone said the same thing. And I think they were just running off of adrenaline from the win before and carried that through and got another big victory against Toronto. And then they kind of fell off once they got to Ottawa, you know, the adrenaline was gone and, you know, uh, Thatcher Demko didn't play very well and it just hasn't gone great for them over the course of the last week since playing Toronto. And you're right. I think they're pretty well out of the the, the playoff conversation at this point. I think they still technically have like a five or 4% chance of making the playoffs, but I, I doubt it. It would take an absolute um, tailspin for the Habs to, for that to happen and the flames I think also play each other a couple of times too. So they're going to, it's just going to be real tough for them to, to make it through. Um, but in terms of the, the matchup, I think you're right in terms of the Canucks are definitely tired, right? Like I think the COVID has really caught up to them um, and, and having to play such a tight schedule in such a short time frame to fit in those games that they missed over the course of that three weeks that they were off a, like it, it is kind of unfair that they're going to have to do this, and uh, it, it's going to be really difficult traveling from Ottawa down to Toronto to for after losing a, a 6-3 to an Ottawa team that is really tough to play against, and they're mentally and physically draining to play against. So, I, you know, I, I think that the Canucks, again, will not be able to put forth a very good effort, and I think that the Leafs will get their revenge on Vancouver um, in this game. Yeah, I think what the Leafs need to realize is, one, yes, the Canucks are tired, but that doesn't mean it's a night to take the you know, foot off the gas. I don't and, think they will. Because, I don't think they will. Well, what we saw last week, right? And yeah. it's still fresh in the mind that they got embarrassed exactly. last week, and, and now they're like, well, listen, that can't happen to us, especially – not in our home barn. And, and I think they're going to come out like gangbusters and make sure that they, they don't allow the Canucks to hang around like they did in, in that first game. Like, remember, the Leafs outplayed them mightily in that first game. 
but yes. they just let Vancouver hang around and hang around. And then a couple of bounces went their way. And all of a sudden the Leafs were losing and then they lost the game. I don't think they allow that to happen. And they really shut the door early, kind of like what we saw tonight when they played the Habs, get an early goal, get a second goal, really take the lead and then don't allow them to come back. Let's also, I think the other thing I noticed with the Leafs tonight and the, the mistakes weren't really there. They weren't turning the pucks over and it leading to a goal against. That's been the Leafs' biggest issue. It happened against the Canucks how many times? Or, you know, one play and the Canucks. Uh, they were turning the puck over in their own zone every other every other play, it seemed like, every other shift. Yeah, so the Leafs really – that I think really if the Leafs limit the mistakes, they're going to pour it on the Canucks. Uh, I think it probably – I know Demko went tonight, so most likely will be Holtby. I think the Leafs, would, as you said, will want to show Brain Holtby. We're not going to take it easy on you. Like we're going to keep pouring on you, like we did in Vancouver. And it'll be very, it'll be very interesting to see how the Leafs respond, for sure. Yeah, and it'll probably end up being David Riddick between the pipes. So a chance yeah. for him to also have a bounce back game. Uh, I think that'll be important for him to to play well after uh, a couple of not so great outings. Uh, for for Toronto so especially with with Freddie Anderson close to a return you know Riddick if he wants to you know have a say in in the goalie rotation he's gonna have to play well tomorrow night and say hey I'm still here I'm still here yeah right but if he doesn't that might be the last time we see Riddick play because I think Anderson will be back soon and then it'll be you know Anderson and Campbell the rest of the way yeah, and the other thing too with I know you brought brought up Anderson, it's gonna to be tough for him to get in. I don't know how the salary cap shenanigans would work. I, mean, I have they, full faith that Brandon Pridham <laughs> will figure it out. Yeah, that's that's me too. I think he'll. I think they'll figure that part out. Well, and I think he could, they could even give him some games with the Marlies just to get him some games rep True. as well, considering he hasn't played in over a month. Yeah, I I want to. You know what? Like, yeah, give. Give uh, Riddich the opportunity to say, "Look, that that was a bad game. Let's let's re, let's redeem yourself." And I think it's also on his teammates to say, "We're not going to make it hard on you. We'll make it easier by giving you some offensive support early and often, and try to avoid those turnovers because goalies don't really like being put on the bad end of a turnover." No, no, they do not. Um, I let's make quickly, let's make a prediction. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the Leafs beat the piss out of the Canucks five, one. That's my prediction. Five, one Maple Leafs. And we get another goal from Mr. Austin Matthews. I'll go, I'll go with five. I'm going to say five, two, just because saying David Rich will allow only one goal might be a little, yeah, you're right. No, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stick with mine. I'm going to stick with – I think okay. he has a bit of a bounce back. Like, I think he has to. Yeah, I yeah. think he does. He has to, and I think he realizes that. And hopefully, like, he knows that's his game to do it. So, yeah, I'll go 5-2. I also think Austin Matthews will score. And I also think Tavares will score again. I think he's going to try to keep that uh, keep that strong play going. I'm going to go with the, the two centers getting a goal for sure. Actually, you know what I'm going to predict? I think Nick Foligno gets his first goals in Maple Leaf. Ooh, okay. That's what I think happens in this game. That's, that's what will stick out. That's what I'm going to be talking about 
on tomorrow night's podcast in the postgame show. The fact that Nick Felino has got himself into the scorebooks as a Maple Leafs goal scorer. And with that, let's leave it there. Thanks, man, for joining me on today's show, Dave. Well, great when we're doing it after a win, so I always appreciate those. <laughs> it is. It is uh, a lot better than doing it after a loss. Um, I've been talking all day, and my voice is hoarse, so I'm going to end this podcast right here. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. Follow Dave at Dave underscore Morris. No, D underscore Morris Sudi. My bad, buddy. Um, you got anything coming out? Uh, NHLPA, Sportsnet, anything? Well, I was, I mean, we're, we got the NFL draft uh same time as the leaf game that's gonna be a tough one uh most likely gonna have to revert to the draft it's only one night of the year so yeah i i wrote about uh the nfl draft i just finished wrapping up another great goaltending piece for the nhlp looking at cam talbot Ooh, cammy talbot having a nice little renaissance out in minnesota yeah a team that no one expected to be in the playoffs close hey. to the playoff spot hey i oh did you I, now? I am such a big Kevin Fiala fan. I own 16 of his rookie cards. Did you know this? Did not know that. I do. I own 16 Kevin Fiala Young Guns rookie cards. This is a true, true fact. So I was big on Fiala, okay. big on the wild. I knew they were going to make the playoffs. How far they will, I don't know. But I considered them to be a, the, the – Actually, I picked them as third. I thought that they were better than St. Louis, to be honest. They've proven to be. Yes. Yes, they have. Kaprizov, uh, that's, that's the key. That's the X factor right there. That kid's a stud. Absolute stud. Um, if you guys want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. And if you are an NFL fan as well, an NFL draft fan, which we mentioned, will be going down tonight technically um check out locked on nfl draft also the draft dudes podcast which is also part of the locked on podcast network they'll be uh they'll be talking all about what goes down in the first round what you might see happen in the second round and just overall give you a good recap of the nfl draft uh that'll do it for me here tonight i'll be back with another episode tomorrow uh but until then enjoy the game tomorrow night folks or tonight i hate when i do these podcasts at like this late i never know when to say tomorrow or when to say tonight regardless canucks leafs down at scotia bank arena seven o'clock puck drop enjoy it I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.